this isn't just beer. It's Christmas! We're talking beer, beer culture and Christmas. This is Belonging. I'm Steve and as always I'm joined by my co-hosts Mark and Rob. Good evening gentlemen and a very Merry Christmas to you both. Ho ho ho. Happy Christmas one and all. <laughs> Feeling festive are we? I am now yeah, very much so. Uh, you can't, listeners can't see this but I've got my festive jumper and my, my Santa hat that I've pretty much saved just to do this every year. <laughs> Well, here we are again. It's our Christmas special. We don't really know where we're going with this, other than the beers that we've got in front of us. And in a little bit of a different format to to what we normally produce, we're all drinking the same beers this evening. So we all chose a Christmassy themed beer from a brewery, sent those to each other. And that's what we're going to be drinking throughout the evening. So I believe we're starting off with the one that I sent around. This is from um, Simple Things Fermentations. It's one of their seasonals range. And this is Belgian Christmas. So it, it is a, on untapped at least, it is described as a dark Belgian strong ale. Well, beer's in the glass. Once again, Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. our listeners. Merry Let's Christmas. get in. Hmm. There's a little bit of a tang to that that I wasn't expecting. Mm, I wasn't yeah. expecting that tang. Yeah, the, the, the yeast is doing a lot of work there, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's um, got like the banana-y sort of esters that you would expect, but there's definitely a bit of a bit of a tang. Yeah, it was an, initially had that sort of uh, Coca-Cola thing going on a little mm-hmm. bit. Which yeah, it's I, quite I, sweet, isn't it? I wasn't expecting. Um, quite raisiny. Mm. Uh, well, more, more like dates at this time of year, but it's... Uh, I'm I'm get I'm getting a little bit of 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 what I'd say is a little bit of maybe like dark chocolate bitterness on the finish of of it, um, which does kind of round it out quite nicely with all of those other other things that are going on within it. Do we think this style of beer might have been better off being bottled? I think it has in previous versions as well. Yeah, if I'm right. Um, I mean, I know they were all in bottles until maybe the last year or year and a half. Um, so I'm I'm sure previous vintages, as we say, have been in bottles, and you know me, I'm a fan of bottles and I'm nice to age things. So I think if you're going to do an annual release, I think it's quite nice to put in bottles. But yeah. there you go, presentation wise, yeah, make nice Christmas presents as well, don't they? They do, yeah, they, they do. So let's um let's talk Christmas then, because <laughs> that's why we're here. And I think last year we um, very much focused this show around uh, a poll that you had, had, had done, Mark, which was kind of the things that wind you up at Christmas. It, it, well, it's topics that um, wind other people up that are just really tedious because they come around every single year. Like, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Is Love actually the most prob- problematic film? They were the things that we talked about because... Yeah. 
Uh, and I just said, what, what I don't like at Christmas is the tedium of having these conversations every freaking time. So, over and over again. Uh, and then and I we think, had the conversations. I think we established that Die Hard was a Christmas film, so we settled that debate. So why are people still having it? <laughs> no idea why the debate oh, so... happens every year, doesn't it? Yeah. So so I was going to try and think of four more topics for this year, but I didn't. I got as far as trying to remember what they were. One was... Um, something that actually came up in, in a comment under the poll last year about uh, certain songs not actually being Christmas songs. Like, did you know that Stop the Calvary was actually just a song that's nothing to do with Christmas, but because it says Christmas and they put some bells in the background, it's like, right, so that makes it a Christmas song then. I mean, because it does, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it mentions Christmas <laughs> and it's got some jingle bells in the background. It's a freaking Christmas yeah. song. <laughs> I mean, you just get people just like, well, actually, I think you'll find that it's actually about war and it's nothing to it's like, oh, just Yeah, I've oh. read Wikipedia too, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> did you did you know that E17 was never meant to be a... I mean, that's shite anyway, so I'm quite happy. <laughs> <That's a big laughs> let, let It Snow isn't a Christmas song. Just, uh, just putting that one out, because it was actually recorded in the, uh, the summer of 1947 in a heat wave in in, in America, and, and they were talking about it being so hot that they just wanted it to snow. So again, it's a song that doesn't ever reference Christmas, but has been adopted as a Christmas song. Now, hmm. whenever Let It Snow comes on, <laughs> do you insist on telling everyone around you <laughs> this information? Because... Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, do you get infuriated if it comes on a Christmas playlist? It's not. It's not even a. Doesn't even mention Christmas. I'm, I'm quite happy for it to be on a Christmas playlist. I think it is quite a Christmassy song. Next, next time I'm complaining about a heatwave in this country caused by global warming, I'm just going to stick that song on and just wish that it would just snow. See if it works. Yeah. yeah. Just start yeah. singing. Let it snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I find strange about Christmas songs that I've just noticed this year, but especially. All the new ones go tell the story of I just want you home for Christmas. I just want you home for Christmas. I'm like, why are there so many people who work away and only come home for Christmas? It just doesn't make sense. Why is everybody working offshore or overseas all the time? Why is every song about somebody coming home for Christmas? I don't think it's very realistic in this day and age. People should be singing about I wish I wasn't at home at Christmas because I've been working here all year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> left my house. Wouldn't it be nice to be on holiday for Christmas? But do you do you think that that modern day Christmas songs are just a bit shit now, aren't they? I mean, there's when, when was the year? last really good Christmas song? And Mark, you're not allowed to say Christmas Tree Farm. Oh, but it's such a banger! Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's such. Oh, I actually forget when it comes on the playlist. I'm like, oh, but this is a good one. The Staves yeah. did one a few years ago that I really liked. It's called what's it called? Home Alone Two. Oh, Home Alone too. Yeah. Are you and I like watching Home Alone? Phoebe too. Phoebe Bridges has done some. Oh, that's stuff. a good song. Yeah, but I think in terms of a classic, that's really uplifting. That song. There's a there was a Kylie one for about five or six years ago that is called. I think it's just called At Christmas. Um, but that's that's a belting, upbeat. Up there with Wizard and Slade, kind of. Uh, anthem, oh, come so. on, behave yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than Step Into Christmas, anyway. So. <laughs> That's, I actually really hate that song. I love yeah. Elton John, but that is a terrible song. Well, how do you feel about the uh, the Elton and Ed Sheeran one, then, Rob? Oh, 
I didn't know that existed, but I imagine that it'll probably make my blood turn cold. Okay. <laughs> well, and what, what about the additional version that they did of it with the sausage roll people? Don't fucking mention it. <laughs> I don't know oh, about right. this, and I think it's for the best. Yeah, that, that to be fair, the the Elton and Ed one wasn't bad either. I'll uh, I'll give you uh, that. Was it good though? Uh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was Christmassy. It was it was the first okay. one. I I think it was the first one in a few years that kind of bridged that mainstream Christmasness in 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 terms of here's here's an uplifting Christmas song. Yeah. So I think they recorded it in 2020 as well. So it's very much about it's been a really shit year. So let's have a really great Christmas. Yeah, the, 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 it was. Yeah, they can it, say that, can't they? Nobody else is on the edge here. And... It was an it was an upbeat anthem about having a party at Christmas rather than I just want you home for Christmas, yeah. which is what every other freaking song is. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I'll give you that. So we can add that. We can add that to the playlist. That's fine. I'm I'm still uh, if uh, nobody's got it on the playlist though, you need to have uh, Stan Rogers at last time ready for Christmas. Put it on your all the listeners. Put it on your Spotify playlist at the, at the end of this show because oh, such a good song. He's he's a bit of a sea shanty man as well. So since <laughs> since since they were recently all the rage, then people should definitely have that song on. Uh, yeah, is is there a TikTok craze going around with this song? Uh, no, not with this song. No, it's, okay. uh, otherwise I would hate it instantly. So. <laughs> I I hate it when I find a really good song and then somebody that I know will just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this was the big TikTok song. And I'm like, oh, fuck, no. It doesn't really push you off of it, does it? (laughs) It does. I remember in 2004 when I really loved The Killers and then everyone else did, and I sort of hate The Killers now. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly enough, that hasn't happened happened with me and Taylor yet, but you never know. (laughs) I I can't see it ever happening. No, I, th- no. I, th- I think was it was it today on your um was was it today on your countdown that that you've posted your first Taylor song and then you've put underneath it. I think we all know where this is going now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's at like number eight or something, isn't it? So I, I got, well, I I have to try really hard to just not make it the twenty five songs that Taylor Swift has released <laughs> this year in in order of my personal faves. So I try to be fair. Uh, so so yeah, I think the. Other thing that I would have ranted about is, from a, a personal perspective, I get really annoyed at the um, Americanization of Christmas in this country, which I know makes me sound like I'm going to be a Brexit bigot or something. <laughs> but it is Father Christmas in this country, not Santa Claus, and it annoy and I, I really annoy like family members who say Santa to their kids, or their kids will say. Uh, oh, I want Santa to bring me this. And I'm like, Santa's not coming to this house. So I don't know what you're freaking on about. <laughs> Father Christmas, mate. But Santa Claus is not coming to this house. Someone said to me the other day, happy holidays. And I had to just uh, bite my lip and not say anything because like, that, that's a very American thing as well. Uh, absolutely. Happy holidays. Well, just say Christmas. That's what it is. In England, I suppose it's not a religious thing in England. Is it? it should be. I'm going to be in trouble for saying that with my mom, but most people don't care. They're just like getting presents, drinking too much, and and just having a good time. See, you, you say there about um, Christmas is about eating, lot, uh, yeah, eating lots and drinking too much. 
I've seen some discussions this year on 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 Twitter about people saying, "Oh, do you do you line up special beers for Christmas Day, or do you just have a beers that you can drink throughout the day so you can drink lots?" And then I've seen the flip side of that argument in terms of people saying, "I don't really find Christmas Day about drinking. I find it more about enjoying your food and the family, and then yeah. having the odd tipple around that." Where 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 do you two sit with that? Is for for you is 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 Christmas Day a Right, I'm going to get some big beers out. It's going to be a big drinking day, or is Christmas Day more of a let's just enjoy the moment and whatever's in my glass is in my glass. I I pretty much just take it easy and like certainly there's been a few years recently where I haven't really drank until the evening because I've been giving someone a lift or something. Um, but I think this year I'm I'm going to have a bit of a drink, but it's. I've got some uh, McCall's beers, so I'll probably have their Lowlands with, with my meal because that's Saison-esque, so it's always just a good beer to have. But I think I'm probably going to drink more rum than beer on Christmas Day because I like to have like a, a, a dark and stormy on the go while I'm cooking. And some reggae Christmas tunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't we all just want to be in Rob's kitchen at Christmas right now? <laughs> yeah, it sounds terrific. <laughs> It's a good place. Well, it's a great place to be because I go in there to escape from having to have small talk with my grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I tend to do a lot of days out and drinking things around the days around Christmas. So yeah, actually, a lot of the time it gets to Christmas Day, and I'll be there with a you know a books fizz or whatever at ten o'clock, thinking yeah Christmas. And then by one o'clock, I'm like, I don't actually fancy another drink. And then <laughs> I, I might have a glass of wine come the evening. But Last um, year, I had, I had two Christmas dinners on the day. So that definitely wasn't a big drinking day because I was a bit full up by the time I was like ready to properly drink. Well, that's it. I don't really drink with food ever because I just find mm. it makes me bloated and I don't get to have as much food. So... That's why I've never really been into beer and food matching is because I'm like, I just like a nice glass of water with my uh, yeah. evening meal. Um, so the food side of things, it's not I've not got anything special to drink with the with the meal. Um, we usually get a dessert wine, like a Takai or an, an ice wine in for Christmas, and we'll finish the evening having that, and I think that'll be the same this year. Um, I just, yeah. I tend to be in the pub Christmas Eve. Usually I'm at a Boxing Day football match, so I'm drinking on Boxing Day. So Christmas Day, actually. I mean, years ago, I used to meet my friends and we used to have a big session on Christmas Eve, so I was always horrendously hungover on Christmas Day anyway. Yeah, that was me a few years ago as well. Yeah. Everyone's, now... gone, everyone's gone sensible now, so that doesn't happen. Well, we, we, were, talk, we were talking about it earlier today. It was like, what are we doing? Because I normally go shopping on Christmas Eve and then go to the pub once I've bought my last few bits. But um, it turns out that I don't really need to go shopping this year. Plus it's on a Sunday anyway, Christmas Eve. Uh, so, it's like, oh, so we'll probably just go to the pub. I mean, no, it's early doors. I'm still home for like six o'clock or something. So, but yeah, no, not really on Christmas day. What about yourself, Steve? Not, not so much these these days. I, I, I found it's it's more just about um, 
just about enjoying the day really and much like yourself mark there's been occasions where you know i've cracked open the first beer at sort of like 11 o'clock in the morning and then by by two o'clock i'm fast asleep on the sofa and not really wanting any dinner sort of thing you know and, <laughs> yeah. and i think i've i think i've maybe grown up a little bit since since then <laughs> in, in terms of my approach to drinking um and and certainly i think it was not last year the year before I got so horrendously drunk on Christmas Eve that it actually ruined my Christmas day because I couldn't eat my dinner and I was just like I just I just didn't feel right all day. Um, but that being said, I'll probably do the same, exactly the same this year and end up drinking too much on Christmas Eve. But no, I I, th I think probably there's there's a bottle of Fuller's Vintage hiding maybe for Christmas Day, um, but but generally probably head towards wine with dinner. Um, and then I, I I do like to my my course throughout the evening. I generally I'm I'm not a massive spirits drinker, but I I do like a glass of Bailey's, and I'll probably find myself sat on the sofa with a glass of Bailey's towards the Ooh, end of the yeah. evening. I actually bought back a bottle of Highland Strength gin from Scotland because I went to a gin distillery while I was there. So I reckon I'm going to get that out and uh, serve that in in, yeah. in the evening. But yeah, Christmas for me, like some years, it's just a bit of. It's not really a relaxing day. It's a bit stressy at times. You're a bit stressful, can't it? Yeah. I mean, all so that when, when, and everything. When it's like that for me, I don't, I don't really like to drink in kind of tense situations. So yeah, I, I like me. I like to I like to drink while I'm prepping and cooking dinner. I like mm -hmm. to have a drink on the go. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm certainly not going to be stood in my kitchen drinking an 11, 12 percent imperial stout. While, while I'm cooking my Brussels sprouts, you know, it's it, it it's going to be something light and easy that I can just kind of swig back. Yeah, that's true, because I, I always do the cooking and um, I've not bought one this year. I'll have to see if I can sneak one in, but I usually get like a mini keg of Yarl or something. Oh, nice. And I'll, be, I'll, nice. Have a, I'll have a couple of pints of that whilst I'm cooking dinner. Um, and yeah, because I like to have a drink whilst I'm cooking. Uh, but then that sort of comes to... Yeah, and then I think last year I, I'd planned like almost like eight courses of drinking. Like there was a <laughs> Schlenkler have a one point two percent smoked beer that became my my books fizz. Start the day with the uh, low alcohol smoked beer, and then there was going to be a, a a rum and a gin, and a, a glass of wine, and then finish off with with a Bailey's or something. And I, I, I could, you could see me documenting it through my tweets, and I think I got to like drink number three, and then there's no more tweets because I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't want anything else now. <laughs> Done. I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've tried to do that bit before, and, and and that in itself almost becomes as stressful as trying to prepare a meal. Doesn't it? I mean, let's let's be honest. Almost week in, week out, we prepare a roast dinner, and it's not a problem whatsoever. But at Christmas, it all becomes just a little bit stressful because for some reason you have to have thirty-seven different veg on your plate, as well as four meats and everything else <laughs> that's piled up on there. And and then if you add to that, well, uh, while I'm peeling my potatoes, I'm going to be drinking this potato wine or, <laughs> or, or or whatever you know it's you, you don't need it just enjoy the day just just kick back and drink what you want to drink and, and enjoy the day so let's move on to the next beer and this one is from you rob so why, why don't you tell us all about what you've sent round uh this is from attic broco or from birmingham uh, it's the merry and bright red ipa 5.4 percent uh, with Idaho 7, Harlequin, and Mosaic Hops. And uh, 
I believe this is the first time they've done this beer or a Christmas beer. So I thought I, I saw that pop up on my uh, social media. So I thought let, let's give this a try and send send it to the guys because you know I'm a fan of Attic and they do a lot of different styles of beer. And this is a, a red IPA, which is a style that we all like. Perhaps not the most stereotypically Christmassy of, of styles, <laughs> but then again, we talk about like Sierra Nevada celebration all the time, and that's a hoppy IPA. Well, I, I was looking for ages to see, like, have, have I missed something? Have they added, like, cranberries to the mix? Well, I and... wondered that before. I just kind of just bought it without thinking about it too much, but no, it pretty much just does seem to just be a straight-up red IPA. And why, well, why, why shouldn't something red be festive? Yeah, I guess so. Absolutely. I know, I, I mean, I've not got a problem with it. And like, as you say about Sierra Nevada's celebration is a good case in point. What, what I've liked this year, over the last couple of years, but even more so this year, is the thing that I've been saying for years is why are the only Christmas beers just ones that have got cinnamon and clove added when there's so many different Christmas flavours to knock about with? And there does seem to be that people have thought that themselves now, like there's more you know, cranberry sours or something like that, you know, Christmas flavours in a in a drink. It just makes, makes sense, really. Um, anyway, this is, well, what are people's thoughts on this? Uh, I I think it's quite nice. It's just a pretty standard red IPA. It's not overly bitter. I wouldn't say it's got plenty of malt sweetness from it. I mean, it's, going, a, it's, go, it's going down an absolute treat, but to be yeah. really pedantic, <laughs> it feels like a red ale, not a red, red IPA. Mm. Yeah, that, I, I would agree with you there, actually. What is it? 5.4%. So it's not the strongest. But as you say, if it, if it is going to be that strength and be an IPA, it'd be a lot more bitter than it actually is, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, possibly. It's, but then It's not massively bitter that i that they've gone, they've gone more on the fruity side with the hops, haven't they? With that hop combo that they've used. Yeah, um, yeah it, Harlequin's uh, always very fruity. I think that's actually packing more of a punch in this than I perhaps would have expected it to with the mosaic in there as well. Yeah, I, I think I think the mosaic is is potentially more on the finish. Um, that the, the Harlequin is definitely the one that I feel like is taking centre stage through, mm-hmm. throughout the beer because it's kind of got that. And, and and we spoke about this, I think it was like the very first episode that, that, that we did, wasn't it, about this new wave of English hops tasting like slightly overripe fruit. And, yeah, and yeah, I, think, yeah. I, I think that's still there. However, <laughs> I do think those hops are improving year on year with, with, with every crop. And they're beginning to lose some of that, and are, they are beginning to get some of that freshness that we um, tend to get from the, the the US hops, maybe. I just think if someone puts red IPA, calls it a red IPA, and it, it, this might just be me, and I'm sure there'll be brewers listening that are screaming when you're talking out your ass, but <laughs> I just think of something really quite bitter to go against that um, yeah. sort of fruitiness. Uh, you know, I'm trying... I know there are hundreds of examples. I can only think of like Sunset Oregon Trail was this year, which was, you know, really aggressively bitter. Mm. And then if something's a red ale, I don't expect that bitterness, but still expect that 
red fruit sort of flavor and this has it but again that's me being slightly pedantic because it's going down it's going down a tree so i completely agree with you to be honest in terms of classifying it as an ipa to me does seem like more of a red ale it reminds me a bit of rapture which is a Mm. much missed beer Mm. that that i loved yeah yeah i can see that was my favorite beer for a long time yeah I, I did wonder because I, I had Rob got us two cans of this. Thank you, Rob. And I did manage to find them hung on the back of my wardrobe for some reason. <laughs> I um, was worried where, whether you'd find them or not. They, they were in a bag, by the way. Though. I didn't just have Oh, yeah. I gave them you into that in, into a bag and you said, Can I keep it? So I said, Yeah, you might as well. Yeah. Um, and I had the first one earlier and I thought, well, This isn't very bitter, but I wonder if um, my taste will change as it's gone on. But I. I would say I had the first one last Friday, I think, and I was like, oh, "It's all right," but I would, I, I'm enjoying it more tonight. I would say, but I definitely agree with you along the lines that it's more of a, a red ale rather than a red IPA. It does lack that bitterness. I think, well, I think, like Mark, Mark said, it's it, it's great to see breweries now doing seasonal festive beers. That that aren't just a, a beer that's had a load of spices thrown at it. This is it's that they've gone down the theme of well, it's a Christmas beer, it's a red IPA. Let's have a little bit of fun with that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, you can, basically you can you can decide what is a Christmas beer. It can be anything that you you want. So why not? Anything I drink drink on Christmas Day is a Christmas beer. <laughs> it is now. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think of Christmas. I do think of a lot of sweetness, especially in terms of a lot of the foods that you're, you're eating. And I think that fits into that category. Yeah, I mean this this would be a this would be a beer. You know, we were having a discussion about what do you drink on Christmas Day with your food and that sort of thing. This would be the sort of thing that would. Uh, this would go down really well with a turkey dinner. This, I was yeah. going to say turkey, turkey and gravy. This would match really well with if we were going to do a Christmas dinner. Uh, to be fair, I wish I had another can because it'd probably be quite nice to pour a can into the gravy. Yeah, it off a bit. That yeah, that that'd work quite well. Yeah, yeah. Well, while we're talking festive and festivities, um, we are at that time of year, and do uh, have we or are we? Do we have any plans to do any sort of festive drinking out is 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 there anything that that, that we've that we've been up to or that we're doing in the in the next few days um on on sunday um a friend of mine Catherine, and, and her husband dave the last few years they've just started a tradition that like the last sunday before christmas although technically not the last sunday because that's christmas eve but you, you get the drift they always just have an open house where they just put on kind of your dream meal steve of just a beige banquet on the table and there's always a couple there's a <laughs> there's a linda machine downstairs and a couple of key kegs going and it's just an open house anyone can come and go as they please and i turned up at about six o'clock and then left after midnight uh, kind of a mass exodus because it's just a really just chill day and i'd had a bit of a stressy week and I just forgot about all that and just sat with my friends and like Catherine and Dave hadn't seen for ages because I haven't been out that much. So I haven't really seen them around Brom. So it was just nice to hang out with people. So now I'm wondering whether 
I may potentially sneak out on Friday night or maybe Saturday afternoon and perhaps bump into some of those people in Birmingham, but we'll see about that. Can can we just uh, go back to the beige and talk about just how much beige was there? I mean, <laughs> what, what, what sort of levels of beige are we talking here? Oh, to be fair, Steve, some of it might be a bit more, a bit too interesting for you. But there's definitely a lot of things you'd enjoy in there. There was like there was a baked brie with tear and share bread around it. Yep. Okay. I'm sure, That's, you'd enjoy that. Yep. Sausage rolls were involved. Perfect. Of course. There was so oh, there's some excellent um, sausages and kind of uh, a honey and mustard and hot sauce glaze oh, that were delicious. No. And yeah, for me they were great, but I tell you what, I definitely knew I'd have them the next day. Um, <laughs> some, sort of, some, some sort of breaded chicken or product. Yeah, yeah, there, there was yeah, and there was some mini samosa. I mean, this sounds like this sounds like my absolute dream. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, someone someone bought someone had made a bakewell tart, which was delicious. Someone bought some rock cakes with them as well, which were really nice. There was some crazy chocolate marshmallow things. So I basically just spent six hours just going backwards and forwards to the table. Nice. And it made me feel very Christmassy. I think for the for the first time this year. I just I, I'm I'm slightly fixated on the beigeness, but so somebody else is probably gonna have to talk right now while I'm just sitting here thinking <laughs> about how glorious that beige banquet would have looked. Well, I'm looking for Christmas. Christmas for me, Christmas is pubs, and especially local pubs. Or you know, I'm not talking big city centre. Like, let's get the best beers we possibly can. The you know, we go to a lot of local pubs. We've got our works due in a couple of days' time, and that just involves just going around local pubs. You know, it doesn't matter how bad they are. I just love it. It's just me. Favorite time. I mean, I think in one of them last year, I think I think it's still open. But I, I actually ended up drinking a bottle of Newcastle Brown because I didn't trust the um, and any of the draft products in there. You know that kind of thing. Absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and then Boxing Day, I always do a non-league game because there's no train, so I can't get to the Huddersfield game. Um, and th- this year. There's a, a local derby between two teams that haven't been in the same division for, well, in my lifetime anyway. And uh, my company's sponsoring the game. So, you know, we get the hospitality suite, which basically oh, nice. just means all the carling you can possibly drink. Uh, <laughs> you might get be... a beige platter if you're happy oh, oh, as well. Even better because it's normally just like pie and chips. But this time it is just a beige buffet. So I was going to this, Steve. All the carlin I could want plus a beige buffet. Sounds yeah. amazing. I mean, don't act like you're not going to be making yourself a beige buffet at some point. Over oh, the next of course, <laughs> we've got we've got some friends over on Christmas Eve, and there is so a beige buffet happening. <laughs> yeah. It's easy, easy stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just get to Iceland, like all yeah. moms get to Iceland, chuck it in the oven, hundred and eighty or two hundred, whichever you please. Oh no! That no. See, the thing is, that's where Iceland are really, really good because they've <laughs> they've made all of their beige food, so it all cooks at exactly the same temperature. Oh, I was just I was just saying whether you have a fan assisted oven or not. To be fair. Oh no, no. This is this, <laughs> Iceland have gone to some next level beige thinking. 
They're really looking after the moms, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, if it says 24 minutes or 18 minutes, it's all going in at the same time. It's all going in for 24 minutes, yeah. 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 And, and Anything that says 18 minutes is lying, and it definitely needs a few more minutes just to crisp up. I like, I like it a little bit more crispy, yeah. I find yeah. if you do it to the exact amount of time, it always comes out a little bit soggy, and I'm always a little bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, pubs at Christmas. Yeah. I just I just love just pubs having streamers and tinsel and naff decorations up. I just love the pub at Christmas time. Steamed up windows, and that's all I need. And it doesn't need to be, like I say, anything in terms of beer choice. It just needs to be just busy with a lot of people having fun at Christmas. I love it. I don't, you know. Oh, I, I do I, need to get to a pub actually. I need to see if um. Friends of mine are going to head to uh, the Pretty Bricks in Warsaw on maybe Saturday night. I'll definitely join them for a couple if they do. That the brick, Bricklayer's Arms? The, the Pretty Bricks. Oh. There's a Brickmaker's Arms by me. but uh, That's it, the that, Brickmaker's Arms, yeah. That, that, I'll, see, that, I'll that. see you there, pal. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't think I've ever been in it my whole life, but it might be one of those, oh, let's, uh, let's have a, a Newcastle brown from the fridge just to make sure it's safe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> What about you, Steve? What are you up to? Uh, I went to a Christmas craft fair, which happened to be in the cellar at Two Brews. So I didn't really see too much of the craft fair because I sat upstairs <laughs> drinking beer. Uh, we did try to have some Christmas beers while I was there, though, because they had a great selection of the uh, the classic Belgian Christmas owls. So, so it was a so, craft so, beer fair for you. No, it wasn't a craft beer fair. It was a craft fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Just, just got what you said. I'm, there we go. <laughs> there it is. It's all just dropping into a, uh, in in into place there. Uh th- that's that's it really. I mean, I, I don't really go get to go to a works do because, um, I either don't get invited or I don't want to go. Um, <laughs> and and and. <laughs> it's, probably it's, the first one was because of the second one. Pro- probably. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, we'll probably go out between Christmas and New Year for for a few drinks in 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 a few few various locations uh, uh, around Colchester, just to, to 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 have a bit of a day of it and and then just kind of ease myself into the New Year probably. So not 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 really too much planned or have taken part in really. I might try and convince the family to go to the pub at some point, because right? I'm just fixated on the idea of the pub at Christmas now. Most years I'll have a gig like just before Christmas, and it's normally one of my favourite pubs, but I haven't this year, so I don't know. I'm going to have to make a reason to go to the pub now, which... Well, not not when I when I'd spend Christmas with my parents, I used to always go to the local on Christmas Day for an hour, and it was just the most joyous hour because the pub was rammed. People were tipping the bar staff for fun, you know, paying like twenty pound for each beer just to tip the staff and things. Just absolutely daft, but just such a lovely hour. And uh, I do I do miss that because I have a. A couple of locals that I just I I don't use, and I know that I'm, I encourage people to use all pubs, but I'm not using them too. It's just it's just not happening. So next time you come to the Midlands, Mark, we'll just have to go on a on a crawl around pubs that I don't want to go to. Yeah, you're free <laughs> to go in. Go to the Brit Arms, or go to the Drunken Duck, 
And the then, drunken duck. And then after that, we can get a guest pass into King Street and work in men's club. Yes. <laughs> Which is I'm, right next to my house. I bet they're fantastic places. I bet they are. <laughs> there, but, there's certainly some characters in those places. Time for the final beer on this year's Christmas show. And it's a lovely dark one to finish with. Mark, you've sent this round to us. What have we got? Uh, we've got a beer from Siren, which is cold-blooded Christmas. It's a chocolate orange porter, and uh, it's five percent. And I, going back to what I, I know, a few of these have been done in recent years. But going back to what I said before about people just exploring other Christmas flavors, I think because of Terry's chocolate orange, we all. Associate a chocolate orange flavour with Christmas. So, cheers. Merry cheers. Christmas. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I, mean, I will say that I, I I just was having a sip of it as you was talking there, and I think it's more on the uh, dark cherries chocolate side of, of, of things than it is the milk chocolate version. Oh, so, very much so. Yeah. But, but that is my preferred one anyway, so. Again, for, the, for the connoisseur of the Terry's chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I do love the dark chocolate, yeah. I'd go for that version as well. I'll tell you what, I'm definitely getting, in terms of the aroma, I'm getting like a roasty coffee sort of thing going on. Mm. Oh, there is a bit of chocolate coming through. But as you say, it's definitely uh, dark chocolate. Yeah. It's 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 dark chocolate and it, it finishes with that as well. It re- it finishes with a real, that real bitterness that you get from a, a like a 70, 80% dark chocolate type thing. I was just about to say, I'm not getting loads of the orange, but then as I was listening to you speak then, it's definitely coming through in the aftertaste. Yeah, I was just trying to think, am I just looking for it because I know that it's in there or am I getting it? Am I imagining it? Because I feel like I am. But I don't know if it's one of those times when it's a case of, oh, you you think it because you know it's there. Would Would I be picking up orange if I didn't know it was in there? I was. I think you would because I was thinking. Well, I can't taste that, and then all of a sudden, without me trying to taste it, I started just um, getting some on my tongue just from after, after having swallowed it. Hmm. I, I feel I can get it, but de- definitely, as I mean, I have a lot of dark chocolate, and when you get to like the 85% stuff, I don't know what that percentage means. I just know <laughs> that I like the higher percentage dark chocolate. Yeah. Um, and it has that really dry bitterness of chocolate to to it. And th- this, this has got a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm glad it's nice because Siren had two Christmas beers to choose from. Uh, the other one was called Christmas in Cali, which was a, your straight up yeah. IPA, yeah, which you will both absolutely love. It was really nice. I mean, I actually thought they might have used pine needles in the boil <laughs> because to make it less Christmas beer because it was that piney. It was absolutely delicious. Not, it was nearly as nice as the St. Mars of the Desert beer from last Christmas. Oh man, I still think about that all the time. Um, and I thought, <laughs> I'm so sad that that will never exist in, in the same way again. <laughs> no, so I went for the beer that was a bit more Christmassy in spirit. But on, I will t- say that the other Siren Christmas beer was absolutely delicious as well. So if you see it, I've I've had it. I've had the other one, and yeah. It, Properly delicious. Have yeah. 
have you guys taken this one straight out the fridge or have you let it warm up a bit? Uh, it's been out of the fridge for about half hour. See, because I've literally just grabbed mine out of the fridge and I'm wondering whether perhaps I'll get some more of the orange as it heats up a bit in the glass. Probably. Mm. Yeah, well, mine, mine's been indoors from the shed for about three hours, so it's relatively room temperature, but it's very nice. So. Well, while we drink our way through this, let's have uh, a little bit of a, a look back at the, the year in terms of some of our favourite things. So less so a thing of the year type thing and more so these are the things that we just really enjoyed this year either whether that's drinking or visiting or being with or whatever just just what are the things that have really rocked our beery existences in in, in 2023 so mark anything that, that that you'd like to share uh well i was thinking about my favorite events of the year i, I felt like i'd done quite a lot and then when i was thinking about it i was like oh not many as many beer adventures as I thought, and then I thought all of my favorite things from this year have involved Rob Edwards in some way. I think all of my favorite trips I've been to um Cradley Heath, and is that what it's called? The area, uh, I don't think you actually set foot in Cradley Heath or no, like nearby, but yeah, don't we're all around Dudley, weren't we? So I went to yeah the pubs of Dudley and surrounding area for some Bathan's bitter with Rob and Co. We went to I mean I really enjoyed Indie Man this year, and I was there with Rob Edwards. We've we've just been to Liverpool a few weeks ago, all three of us, which mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed. Which one am I missing? I know there was four of them. Amity Fest, which Amity I've been, Fest. I've been thinking about that a lot this week because Steve posted about it on, on on Twitter, and I thought, oh man, that was such a good day. It was a great event, yeah. Amity Fest. That yeah. was it. So the three of us were there for that as well, and yeah, wasn't um, thought it's going to sound like I'm saying it, but I think you know they were. I, I had some things cut short because of. Um, it's going to sound really. I was going to say for personal reasons, makes it sound really dire. But you know, sometimes life just gets in the way of things. So I, I really enjoyed my afternoon at Peak Ender, but I was only there for the Sunday this year, which was a shame. But it was very good, and I only got to go to Smoke Fest for about four hours, but I had the best time whilst I was there. So I think they've been my highlights of the year. Um. But th- those two last two didn't feature Rob or Steve. <laughs> it didn't feature either of you. Uh, you know. uh, in fact, if Smokefest is on this year, I insist that you both come up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we we spoke at the time about Amity Fest, didn't we? Or we spoke certainly spoke after Amity Fest about how much we loved it and the the, the vibe and the setup and the beers and the people and just just everything about it. I think ticked a lot of boxes for, for the three of us. And certainly if I'm looking back at um, things like events that I've done or things that I've gone to in the last year, Amity Fest would be very, very high on, on that list of, of, of things that I enjoyed. And I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go back next year because it was just, it was just too much fun to, to, to not go to. 
Um, likewise, enjoyed Pekenda. It's it's always nice to to visit, and it's it's sad to hear that that's not coming back next year. But you can fully understand the the, the, the reasons that, that Thornbridge have given for for not doing it. Um, and and yeah, probably one one of my other highlights of the year also involved Rob Edwards and a, a trip to Nottingham that Mark Yule continued to say that you were never invited to. But um, I mean, I wasn't. Well, you was. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Rob's got a bit of a knack of uh, just organising really lovely days out in really lovely venues uh you, you you know our little our little jaunt around nottingham was 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 great to just take in some of the pubs and some of the beers as as we went around the city and probably probably to the places that you wouldn't necessarily rush to if you were going to nottingham it's, that for me that was my first proper time drinking around nottingham but i took some time before we went just to get some we wanted to have a day out going to good pubs and i did the usual thing i just uh getting onto Twitter and asking for advice. And then obviously you get loads of advice that sends you to all the crafty places and brewery tap rooms, even though that wasn't you asked for, but we very much did just do the pubs other than when me and Johnny walked too fast at one point and everyone just went to me on Raptor instead. You lost uh, the entire <laughs> group, Rob. Well, I should have kept up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, 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 for me, that, that was a love, lovely day I really enjoyed that and I ended up going back to Nottingham in September and just showing some other friends some of these great places and then I did get to a couple of tap rooms then as well uh other than that it's a lot of repetition really I like loved my day in the black country when Mark came down Paul came up and then me and Johnny took him around and just had the best of time going to pubs that have like a choice of two beers and <laughs> And uh, absolutely, that was great. And then all of the fun that happened when we got back to Birmingham as well. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about days like that, it sounds like Nottingham's the same because I'm a bit of an organization freak, but also I sort of have to be because we, my group of friends, is always let's pick a destination and then just get marked to do all the research <laughs> and find all the best places. I mean. Even whether we're going to Preston or we're going to Budapest, it's always put on me to do all of the research. But that's then now made me just like I've always been in complete control of a day out and for better or for worse. So it's unlike me to go to a place and just be like, Rob, just show me around and just do whatever. And I've not even looked it up a single pub in the area. I have no idea what's going on. And that was nice for me because I never get to experience that. Yeah, like, like me and Johnny had made a plan amongst ourselves and then it ended up just being a bit different anyway because then we went back to the first pub again because you you'd missed that earlier on in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very, I was very <laughs> grateful to go had, back. Had to be done. I was very happy to go back to the uh, the Bull and Bladder, aka the, the Vine, as it's actually called on Google Maps. <laughs> uh, what else have I done? Yeah, so Indie Man, Amity Fest. Um, I went to Leeds International Beer Fest for the first time. Me and Johnny went up there and had a really good day, to be fair, on one of the hottest days of the year. And we didn't die, which it's always nice to not die. I like being alive. <laughs> which uh, is good. Yeah. And then Liverpool, which is another city that I haven't experienced a lot until the other week. And had a really good time in some just proper pubs, which is what I wanted. 
so so those those are some of our i suppose highlights in terms of where we've been what we've been up to what what about the the, the beers chaps is there any beers that have been um real standouts for you this year maybe surprised you or maybe just knocked your socks off there was one that when when i thought about doing this show that stuck out to me straight away because it was a beer that i uh drank on the podcast and it was one that was sent to me by you steve and that was the colonel bitter simmons 1880 and i, I think people commented at the time they could just hear audibly how much i was enjoying that beer even though i probably said absolutely nothing sensible about it whatsoever but man that was absolutely busting that beer was of that was oh man! I'm just, People were it, ordering it after the podcast. Yeah, we did I, some right old influencing on that. I can still taste that beer now, and probably can't say that about a lot of the beers I've drank this year. But I can just remember that experience very vividly. That was an absolutely delicious, special bitter. And yeah, that was just that was just the start of me bringing bitter back for the year. Yeah, I was going to say, and of course, 2023, the year that Rob Edwards saved Bitter. Oh, so you can say Bitter's back, but you know what? It never went away. <laughs> people, really didn't. People are just be, becoming awake to the world of the, the Bitter. Are you saying that pe more people are woke? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I hope so. That's I want people to be woke to Bitter. People are yeah. into pre-craft. I think we may have spoken about that quite a lot recently. Yeah, on the last show, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that that's definitely my standout beer of the year. I mean, there's been plenty of other ones. Is there any particular beer that stands out to you guys? Well, this is why I do still try to keep up with Untapped, but I've failed miserably <laughs> this year, and it is for this purpose and end of year. We'll usually do an end of year re review on my blog, um, and now I need it more than ever for this podcast, and I've checked Untapped, of which I've checked in probably less than a quarter of the beers that I've had this year. And I've given five stars to Oregon Trail. <laughs> Shock. Two beers that I brewed with Dorside. Four different Schlenkelers. And Carlin Premier. Carlin Premier. Yeah, what an episode that was. Yeah. Um, but I did... Um, Look, um, and this again, this is why it's useful because there's a, a few beers that I had I wouldn't have been able to remember without the help of this. And um, Big Four Four and Great Bitter Lake well, one's a, a burnt mill collab with Lost and Grounded, one's just burnt mill straight up. Um, both double West Coast IPAs are absolutely stunning, but they're sort of annual releases. But the beer that I would have forgotten about if it wasn't front tapped, and then as soon as I read it, I was like, "Of course, that would be my favorite of the year." It was uh, Corvallis? Yeah, I've just looked at my untapped as well because this was the year that I downloaded Untapped for the purpose of trying to remember what I drank, and I've, I've actually given a few beers five, and that was one of them. Yeah, I, I'm surprised Whoa, I only gave it 4.75. I must have just been feeling really stingy. But yeah, the Elusive Brewing in Umbard um, collaboration, which was their take on 
Sierra Nevada talk. Not that not that any of us realise. Not that any of us <laughs> realised at the time, but we did wax no. lyrical about the beer, even though yeah. we were, and referenced every other American IPA under the sun apart from Torpedo as it <laughs> being similar to. Um, oh, but I, as soon as soon as I just saw the yellow submarine on Untapped, I could just taste it again. Oh yes, so oh. Definitely, definitely that. Well, after Carlin Premier, obviously, you know, obviously, <laughs> got to be fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, and also the beers that I brewed with Torside, even though that was the year before, they were still tasting great. And and he's kind of a good brewer, but he's not as good as me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about you, Steve? Apart from obviously Corvallis. Ah, uh, yeah, and and uh, another handful of elusive beers that uh, are probably worth a mention in there as well. So Midnight Oregon Trail, Triple it's Oregon funny. Trail, uh, Destination IPA. Oh, Destination just, IPA. The, yes. the, the list oh, just yeah. goes on and on, doesn't it? With oh, with, with ju- juxtapose as well. The um, the black IPA they did. Yeah, yeah I actually well, prefer juxtapose to Midnight Oregon. Um, I really like juxtapose, but. Um, to be fair, I think I've had five of their black IPAs this year, and any of them I could mention in beers of the year. Just good at it. Sorry, Steve, carry on. No, no, it's, uh, look, I'm happy to wax lyrical about elusive. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know we're we're all big fans here of, mm-hmm. of, of Andy and, and and what he produces. In fact, did you see he's just released today a hazy Vermont style parallel, which which has been inspired by his recent trip to Vermont. But um, that he's he's basically saying that it's it's not soft and juicy like you would expect. It's it's a, it's an elusive take on a Vermont hazy parallel. So I'm, mm. I'm quite excited to try that one. I can't remember the name of it. It escapes me right now. But it's, well, uh, I think the reason there's not not much point handing out awards for things because Brewery of the Year would just definitely be elusive anyway. So it yeah. feels yeah. it feels unnecessary it. to say. Well, although for me there there is a, there is another brewery that runs out quite close this year, and that's Burnt Mill. There, oh, there's, I, I would have guessed you'd say that. Yeah, a, a real revelation for, for for me this year. I mean, it's been the year of Pintle for me, and really enjoying that. But right up until this past weekend, they've just released a new uh, West Coast IPA called Silver Divide, and my word, it is fucking stunning. It is um, all of what you want from a West Coast IPA. And then there's this huge bitter kick at the end of it. And uh, for, for a six percent beer, just ridiculously drinkable. And so, so they've been they've been a real standout for me. And I, well, you know, I, I, I just I mentioned two of their beers myself, and that I think my favorite cask beer of the year actually there was um Beyond the Furs, which is a four point eight percent pale ale they do, and I think it's Citroen Centennial. And that was one of those where I'd nearly called in sick to work the following day, so I <laughs> so I didn't have to leave the pub. Absolutely stunning. Um, so yes, okay, yeah, but yeah, vote for Burnt Mill here. And and also, I I will just say as well that that was one of my um favorite guest recordings this year was when we we got an opportunity to sit down and chat to Sophie absolutely um, yeah, uh, about definitely. her experiences at Burnt Mill. So really enjoyed that. But if if I had to if I had to put a pin. In a, in a single beer that that, that summed up twenty twenty three for me, um, it, it would be that that beer that almost came about. It wasn't intended. It came about by chance, 
and 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 it came about because I was stood there indecisive about what beer I wanted, and there was this guy jumping up and down with a pink T-shirt on in the corner, beckoning me over to his bar, and and that that was Danny McCall from McCall's Brewery. Yeah. So I, it would be hard for me to sit here and say anything other than than Lowlands from McCall's for for me was an absolute revelation of a beer. I'm uh, sit I'm sitting here looking at two boxes of McCall's beers actually. <laughs> That's my Christmas a tiny bit yeah. jealous now. Yeah. 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 I, what, I think, what a beer I, if that I, was. If I was to vote for my person of the year, it would be Danny McCall. God, you've just <laughs> got a, that guy has yeah. just got such a infectious personality in in terms of just good times and happy vibes just just spilling off of him. I say another thing that I'll say about that was special for me this year, which it sounds like I did a lot from what I just said, but they were kind of like the only really big things I did. But this year was special because I got to drink Odell beer again, which I had not done for a few years. And I talk about it all the time, but at least I can actually talk about it without just reminiscing this year because uh, Roosters bought some over, so I ended up buying a load of cans. And then he was at Leeds International Beer Festival as well. Got to see Johnny experience it on draft for the first time. And also, though, as well, another beer of the year for me, and it's not the IPA, it was drinking 90 shilling again and just thinking, what a refined beer this is to me. It was just, it's a perfect beer. I I think, uh, don't you mean 90 slash minus? 90 slash minus, of course, yeah. Oh, I'm all about the slash minuses now. No, I think they actually put 90 slash minus shilling, which is just, that's just wrong. Uh, well, they're Americans, aren't they? So it has to be explained. <laughs> no, but I quite like that because, I mean, there, there's, it's just one of those special things about beer. You know, Dogfish Head 90 minute IPA was oh, man. My, my, years. my sort of IPA awakening. And whenever somebody I know is going over to America and is like, is there, is there anything I can get to bring you back? I always say, look, if, if you see, if you're in a beer shop and they've got some dogfish head, then please bring me some. Because it's easier to buy across various states. I know that. I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs, but, you know, I, I know that they're not going to come back with any Russian river. So I'm just say, if, if you happen to see 90-minute IPA and it's one of those that you just even though things have surpassed it since obviously it doesn't matter it's something so special and joyous about uh having it getting to try a beer again that's so special to you so i actually i didn't get to have any odell this year but i've just lived vicariously through the joy that it's brought you rob anyway so i was i was just gonna say for brewery of the year it was i was actually going to say mccall's because for me this year though we're at I probably heard the name at some point, but I'd never tried any of their beer or really thought about them much or knew where they were even from. And then just that day at Amity Fest, just drinking a pint of Lowlands, because that was the first thing I saw. I saw that it came in pints and I had to go for a pint. And yeah, ever since then, just getting to learn more about them and I'm very much on board with what they're about and, they're another brewery that just make beers that are just perfect for us three. Mark, you you, were, you mentioned earlier about about untapped and your use of untapped. Have either of you guys um, embraced this year's untapped wrapped or whatever it's called, where they did their Spotify thing? The beer of the year, beer of year, year of beer. 
He should okay. definitely call yeah. Dunstap Trash. In fact, he should just be called Dunstap Trash. Yeah, that's why I bet like Spotify rap. Stupid. Works yeah, exactly. Better for uh, I did. I did look at mine briefly, but because it, it made me sad because it's the very first year I've looked at it where I've not been Stabridge Buffy Bar's number one fan. But <laughs> I guarantee that I would have been if I had checked in every beer that I'd had there. But I've pretty much only checked in cans of beers from home really i've not checked in a lot of drafts so um but mostly it was just hideous to look at so yeah that's that's what i found with it this year i um i really didn't get on with it. i mean i like the whole eight bit thing um obviously it's got a very elusive vibe it did, uh, yeah. a, a, about it but it uh, the way it was presented the stats it was showing me the information it was telling me uh, it was it. It really felt like nothing new. Now, I mean, that might be more of a commentary on my drinking than anything else. You know, my my beer of this year, according to Untapped, is Jai Bor, because it's it's the beer that I've drunk more of than anything else. Um, but I just I just didn't get on with the way it was presented. And even though there's that kind of option to have a discussion with the inbuilt AI to ask for additional stats, I asked I asked three different questions and got the same answer every time and i'm like well, you're not telling me what i need to know I, I, I don't know i don't know whether this is the start of me falling out of love with untapped potentially i wonder if it's i mean it's a bit like spotify end of year i know that it's going to be taylor swift and naz at the top of my list every year and i think it was elusive and tour side at the top of my brewery possibly thornbridge are in there because i still get the subscription box so obviously i have a lot of thornbridge throughout the year and i th- Maybe because drinking habits have settled down, and my venues are always the Buffy Bar and the Grove, so it, I don't feel it can tell me anything new anyway. I don't know what I'm going to gain out of it, um, so I don't know if it's so much falling out of love with Untapped, although obviously that's a little bit of it because this is the year that I've used it the least, or whether. I'm just so settled now in my drinking habits, even when the beers are new, because I mean, most of the elusive beers I drank, I was st- I was still buying because I was like, oh, new beer out from elusive, I must try it. So I'm obviously still chasing something new, but I'm still relatively settled, um, and therefore I don't know what can, what can what what information can it give me. That you don't already know, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just scrolling through mine as we're talking, and it's it, so it, it's given me my top breweries. Now, this is obviously it's based on the number of beers that you've had from that brewery, rather than the ratings that you've given the beers from the breweries. So, so my top five in no particular order: the Colonel, Elusive, Burnt Mill, Thornbridge, and Siren. I mean, there's no, there's no. Maybe the only surprise in there is Siren. Yeah, perhaps at a push, but even then. Doesn't it doesn't surprise me? So. But, but the other four, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all by that. And I think I think that's been the first year. I think in previous years there have been. It's actually thrown up some surprises. Where I was like, oh, actually, I didn't know that uh, about my drinking. But this year it's just like, yeah, I know Jaipur, Jaipur Ghost Ship, it's Oregon Trail. <laughs> it's just the same thing year after year. For me, this this was the year of Untap for me because it was the first year I actually had it. Yeah, I remember you got really <laughs> excited at the beginning of the year about downloading it. Oh, I don't know about that. I just, I just saying, what are all these badges about that I keep winning? But like, I was, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't really feel the need to have it. But then when we started doing the podcast, I thought, oh, 
I should probably try and remember some things. I mean, you guys are always giving me a hard time about not remembering things. So I did that. <laughs> but I tell you what, because I've kind of obviously just lost interest in checking stuff in, unless it's a beer that like I really want to just give a good rating, because people do pay attention to Untap, don't they? But I looked at my rap. My rap was very boring. I don't even remember what it said. I, I think it's, it's similar to when people used to do the golden pints on blogs or and if they didn't have a blog they do it on twitter and or you know you did it on your previous podcast steve and go through it and i think it actually came to an end just because it's like everybody was just sort of repeating themselves mm. like just just see last year for the same things you know there's, there's not much has changed in that regard but the thing is, while while we're talking about these things, I'll take this off on a slight tangent. In in terms of obviously, as a as as a, as a podcast that's on Spotify, we do get a, a Spotify wrapped for the podcast as as well. And and it, I was even a little underwhelmed with the stats that that was throwing up and the way that that was presented yeah, this year. That the, was a, it was a lot more interesting last year. Definitely. Yeah, it gave a lot more information last year. It felt like. Just yeah, in, in the general music one as well for people, that it was more interesting last year. Yeah, and I, I think I think the only the only stat that I took from the the the, the Spotify for podcasters was that um, we got nineteen percent more followers on, on on Spotify, which is which is great that you know even after all, all this time for for, for the, the the podcast brand, it's still growing, but then. You could also counter argument that with well, it's it's just new people finding us on Spotify, which is great because Spotify is a a a, a medium that a lot of people use to listen to the podcast. How, but generally, how how do you feel about these end of year stats wrap up things that you get? Because you get you get them from everything. I'll now. tell you what, I um Spotify wrap for me is one of the times of the year where I quite like myself and think I'm really cool. So. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to that because it just gives me a, a nice self-esteem boost that I have cool taste in music. And I'm always interested to find out which Taylor Swift song I've listened to the most this <laughs> what, particular year. What, what percentage of the top fans you are in the world? Yeah. I felt yeah. like you'd gone down this year, Mark. You're only yeah, like I was in the... 0.5 or something? Or... I, I was only in the top 1%. Or I was uh... in the... Point five the previous year, so I'm apparently I'm less of a fan of, than I previously. <laughs> nah, there's a lot of uh, people jumped on the on the era's bandwagon though. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, so all the rage. <laughs> that's what now. it is. People yeah. have heard of her now. They, they hadn't yeah. previously. So more, more Beyonce fans are listening to her now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I it's genuinely like Christmas to me. I get so so excited, and I can't even explain why when. Spotify one drops, and now I quite like it that other apps have jumped on the bandwagon and are giving this information. I just I'm a bit like yourself, Steve. I like a good spreadsheet and I like a bit of data. I so, like a stat, any, yeah, anything that's willing to give me that, you know, I'm quite happy to, yeah, get that information. It's nice to uh, learn something about yourself as well. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, there's, there's all. It's all always something about it surprising to me, like like some of like the top artists for me. I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. It's like Cleo Soul was my top one, and I wouldn't have expected that. But she cheated by releasing two fantastic albums in September. Oh, that was a, 
some fantastic music. I love Cleo's Hall, which is it's amazing. I found out about through you, Rob. So did you? you? Oh, you, nice one. You've musically influenced me. No, number twenty four on the top twenty five songs of the year as well. So. Wow. <laughs> I think that's like the second time where I found out I've influenced you and been amazed. That's great. That's my boy, yeah. <laughs> Get that, <laughs> add, add that to your end of year statistics. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh my God. I made Mark listen to something that wasn't Naz, Tupac, or Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, someone, belonging wrapped. <laughs> so, someone needs to write us an, a, an AI program to do a belonging wrapped next year so it can. Uh, <laughs> It can automatically give us the amount of minutes of bullshit that we spouted about certain things. Oh, that, <laughs> I think that'd break the AI. <laughs> Steve, have you not done a spreadsheet as to which brewery featured the most? Though, um, oh, it's got to be elusive, hasn't it? We never shut up about them. There's, yeah, elusive. What a surprise! Burnt meal, burnt meal have been on a few episodes as well, for 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 various reasons. I, I mean, I've not, I've not, I've not sent anyone a Tarsai beer this year, so I've really um, tried. Uh, um, Schlenkler, because Mark did didn't back to back. Yeah, the tail end of the year, um, <laughs> that they would feature highly. But no, I think, I think we've 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 generally done quite well in terms of the beers that we've sent to one another. Um, I I've certainly tried to be quite conscious in in in, in terms of not just going for the same brewery over and over again and, and looking for something a little bit different that that maybe one of you guys have, don't don't get to see around your way or some something that you wouldn't necessarily pick up. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think we have done quite well in, in in not repeating heavily the same breweries. In terms of repeating things that we say though, I'm pretty sure that you could still just do a bingo card of stuff that we say or a drinking game for beer long. Oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could yeah. you could do an edit where it's just like it's an episode of beer longing, but it's just Mark going uh or like yeah, or just introducing <laughs> smoked beers over yeah. and over again. So every 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 time one of Rob's brain cells dies. Here's a, here's a compilation of Steve fucking up the intro. Yes. <laughs> here's a, yeah. Here's a... Yeah, compilation of Rob hitting the microphone. <laughs> compilation of every time Steve says a vowel, a vowel word. <laughs> I do not have uh, the hours in the day, nor the desire to, to go back through previous shows to to put together that compilation. So yeah, show. guys, if if you do have a lot of spare time, you're very welcome to do that for us. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you the <laughs> access to the entire belonging library. No, um, no, get on, get on. The Patreon special for January is uh, <laughs> a compilation of uh, bloopers. So. It is absolutely not. <laughs> it's a shame though. I'd be an entertaining six hours. <laughs> I, I think before we do wrap up, I think it's uh, there's no time like now to just uh, thank everyone for listening and supporting the podcast all year, especially people who've been. Chucking us a pound every month for the Patreon that's gone towards uh, air costs. Uh, so yeah, thanks, thanks for the the um, the speak pipes that you started sending after we threatened you. Yeah, and yeah, yeah thanks for getting involved. Well, thanks yeah. for all the kind words and uh... yeah, absolutely, Rob. I think you summed it up perfectly there. I I don't need to 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 add anything else to 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 that 
and um yeah we just uh hope to be back next year doing the 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 same thing and just just entertaining you all uh a little bit more so that brings us to the end of another christmas special you can follow me on twitter at beer o'clock show for all the latest updates on the show and what i'm up to mark where can listeners find you uh twitter and instagram on the variations of mark and johnson <laughs> yeah people can find me at home normally but if you want to find me on the internet it's rob underscore edwards 90 on twitter and instagram and remember you can use the hashtag belonging to to get involved in the the show on twitter if if hashtags still work on there anymore not not sure they do or you can check in the show notes for a link to our speak pipe voicemail to get involved in future shows thanks for joining us for another episode of belonging we'd like to wish you all a very merry christmas and best wishes for the new year cheers god bless us everyone god bless us all merry christmas I packed it up for use this year in a box I marked so plain. That stuff would sure be handy now, but it's never been seen again. At last I'm ready for Christmas, I've even finished the tree. At last I'm ready for Christmas, like I thought I'd never be. With my feet cocked up fire and hot fire and a matching inside wall. At last I'm ready for Christmas with nearly two hours to go. Who out of the three of us, we're, who's, we're, the, who's the ghost of Christmas past? Who's the ghost <laughs> of Christmas? Sorry, carry on. Wrap up. Well, I think I think we can do it. I mean, that's an easy one, isn't it? Surely. I'm, I'm the big jolly one off the Muppets Christmas Carol. There you go. Um, <laughs> it's in the yeah. yeah okay Rob I'll that, that, that. That, that's a point actually why have people carried on making a Christmas Carol films when the best one already exists which is oh. obviously a Muppets Christmas Carol well I thought you meant the one with Ross Kemp as, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that that exists but now I'm desperate to see it uh, he's, he's got like uh, Eddie Scrooge or something and he's like a London <laughs> London Brilliant. gangster. Oh, that sounds <laughs> awful. I want to see it. Didn't know that was a thing. Didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Oh, there you go, guys. And to all our listeners, <laughs> make sure you listen to, make sure you watch this Christmas Day. Ross Kemp as Eddie Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs>